everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 43. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of a digital nomad magazine called Rootless Living. A quick reminder, after this episode, head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free, that's right, a free digital subscription to the Rootless Living magazine, and you can also purchase a print subscription if you want to receive it in the mail. Today I'm talking to Charles and Claire, the duo behind To The Woods, and today we go over what it's like spending a year on the road, then going back to bricks and sticks, and then hitting the road again. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Charles and Claire to the show. How are you guys? Good. Good to be here. I'm excited to have you guys on. So where are you? Where's here right now? Here is right now we're in the backyard of my brother's house in Columbia, Tennessee. Nice. In our, in our camper in the backyard. There you go. <laughs> Not just in the backyard. <laughs> so full on mooch docking. Yeah. Exactly. Full on still in water, electric, everything. Nice. Wow. He's got it dialed in. You got to give me his address after this. Yeah. Right. Make me sit in tea. <laughs> what do you guys consider yourselves? Full timers, part timers, some timers? Definitely full timers. Full timers. Yep. I'd say we're definitely full timers. And what is the camper you're uh, traveling in? It is a 1996 Winnebago motorhome on the. It's on a 4350 chassis. 22 foot. 22 feet. Oh, wow. That's a, a decent size. I'm excited to get into that. And when did this start for you guys? When do you guys consider that you went full time? We've been living in the camper since January 1st of this year. Yep. Um, and then we've been traveling since April 6th of this year. So I'd say January 1st would be our start date. Yeah. 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 No, you guys started on the new year. That's interesting. You guys started. Yep. <laughs> what an amazing time to start full timing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. What a, what a New Year's resolution to go move in a camper. Exactly. Without a doubt. There's not a lot of people that are, well, I, I don't know. I feel like now people are, I mean, we're, right. we're in a big boom where people are looking at this as a real kind of lifestyle change, which is interesting. Well, let's yeah. definitely, let's rewind the clock, obviously, and go back before January. Where did the idea of living full-time in an RV come from? And, you know, what were you guys doing? Where were you living? Let's just get back into what the old life looked like. I would say that it started when we got married 10 years ago. Yeah. The idea, the idea of it, we traveled full-time for for, for about around, around a year and then stopped then. So we've been married around 10 years now. So yeah. it's always been with us. The idea we've just gone and come from it. Now we're back into it again. Like right. we were 10 and years ago. Initially the idea was Hunter's idea. It took a little bit of convincing to get me on board, but it's been an amazing lifestyle change for us, especially yeah. this time around with our daughter. Right. Gotcha. And just for those of you listening, that's not a third person. Hunter is Charles, but that's his last name. Oh, I'm sorry. Use. No, I just, I'm so sorry. No, no. I just want to make sure because then people will yeah. be like, wait, who's this Hunter person? They're, they're going to they're gonna say, who's this other dude we're sorry, talking about? Charles. Yeah. No worries. We can, we can go with that. If we're, I'm sorry. I use that. And then I'm more used to calling us. Me and her call me that. So if we want to do that, that's fine. No, no. It's totally fine. Just want to make sure people listening kind of understand. Yep. We, we might go between yep. Charles and Hunter. So just know that it's, we're talking about the same person. And he has same one dude, personality. Same guy. Yeah. Two personalities. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you guys doing for work? Were you guys, I mean, after your one year, did you go back into a bricks and sticks, right? You had. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So what were you guys yes, doing? We for did. Work? We, it was, uh, I do air conditioning for a living. I've done, I've done AC work since out of, out of school. And I had, I had an AC company that I started myself. So I was running the AC business. And Claire was staying home raising the the child that we came back to have Sadie, our daughter. So uh, that's where we were business wise before when we started talking about this again was me me working in an AC company, running an AC company in Myrtle Beach. Right now, 
did you guys have uh, like a house you had to sell? Were you guys renting? What did you guys have to do to transition? Yes, we uh, we had owned our house for about five years. Oh, yeah, right around five years. Um, in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And we when we made the decision, it was probably a year and a half out before we actually started traveling. So we had to sell Hunter's business. We sold our house. And actually, it's interesting. We sold our house the week before all the pandemic stuff happened. So it, it was actually really amazing the way things worked out for us. But yes, we had to sell the house before we could move into the camper. So it was kind of like a crazy year for us. But it's worked out so far so good. Yeah. Yeah. What was the transition like going from a home? I don't know how many square foot to... I mean, if you're saying 22 feet long, I'll assume about 200 square feet of a home. What was that like for you guys? Yeah, it's it's a transition. I I think uh, we were definitely we well we went not to bring up the past when we did Alaska. It was a little bigger rig, but we me and her were used to living in a smaller spot. But it was definitely a big transition going from having a a normal house in a subdivision and and a child with her toys, and you know how the toys the whole room's filled up, the backyard's filled up, everybody's got their cars and their hobbies, and and it's it's a lot to just size down to to sit there and watch you have to put stuff away or give it away or let you realize that you have to detach from a lot of things that we consider important to come down to this lifestyle. But if you put effort into it, we we've enjoyed it. I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot of ways it's different, but I'd say in the same, same amount of ways, it's, it's better. It's, it's worse and it's better in a lot of ways. I think it's better. When we were living in our house, we found ourselves buying things to fill the space because it really was like too much space for us. And I like have a lot of emotional attachment to things. So it was really hard for me to downsize and like get rid of things. But currently we each have like a two foot by two foot bin that we use for our clothes. We're like down to almost nothing, but it is so freeing and liberating. And I feel so much better now than I did living in that big house. No, without a doubt. I just read a, oh, I was going to say an article, but it was probably a tweet where it talked about that we use about 20% of our wardrobe, the average American. And I thought that's very interesting because I completely see that. I also really like the point that you made up that as we have space, there's this desire to put something there. But I even noticed for me after three years when I'm watching TV and even when someone has like a really dialed in home, but there's all these like trinkets. It it almost looks like a hoarder to me now or before it just looked like a very well staged home where now I'm like, why do you have all that stuff? What do you need a birdhouse inside for? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, (laughs) I don't really get it anymore. It's weird. It's definitely a different feeling when you go when you walk into a, you know what what people consider a normal house. But we left after we've been in here a while now, and after you walk into one, you're like, man, dude, this it's nice, but I don't know what you do with all this room. You know, you don't you don't even know what you do if you had that much stuff. Again. Yeah, and now we're so limited on space that it's like, okay, do I really want to use this shelf for these books? Are they that important that I'll use this space for that? So it definitely makes you think about what you bring into the camper. Yeah. And I think too, in the RV life, you start really putting things in like how often you'll need it, you know, in the Mm -hmm. sense that like there's times where, you know, you're like lifting the bed and you're like, man, I, I need this way too often to be putting it under the bed. (laughs) This has got to be somewhere where I have to be able to get to it easier for sure. Yeah. Now I know the answer to this question because you already mentioned it, which is totally fine that you guys had done some RV travel before. It is interesting on this show when I interview full-timers, very few have any kind of RV experience. So you guys obviously did it for a year, kind of put it on pause and got back to it. That's interesting to me because I just haven't had a lot of people that have kind of been nomads in a way that traveled for a year and then kind of got back into it. 
what were you guys doing those nine years? How bad was the itch to get back out or was it good to kind of take the break? I don't know about you. The, the itch for me, it was always there. It, 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 it was there when we did it the first time and we, we, there was reasons we came back. I mean, not to get too deep into the reasons, but you know, financially and, and there's certain reasons you can't keep it up if you don't plan. It takes a lot of planning to make sure you do this lifestyle <laughs> the right way. And I think there was also pressure. Um, we knew we wanted to have a baby and now our being like with a family is more popular and it doesn't seem as daunting, but there was a lot of pressure for us like saying, okay, we need to have, we need to be established. We need to have, you know, an income and a house to bring this baby home to and just the stability of it. But now we realize like this is, this is also doable. Yeah. Stability was, stability was a lot of it. And then we realized that, it, that that's, in our opinion, a lot of stability is more of, oh, that feels safe. And the more we feel safe, the, the more complacent we get. Mm-hmm. And the more complacent we get, the more, you know, the more we don't feel fulfilled. And we didn't. So we, we had to try the best we could to get back yeah. into what we enjoyed the most. I think you guys bring up a good point, too, that sometimes when you're the first to do something, it's almost like, you know, it, it can be looked at as, you know, that's crazy. That's insane. And then once mm-hmm. there's enough people doing it, then it's like, oh, I totally get it. And even for a lot of people, I mean, when I look at like even sports or something that once someone breaks a record, if you've ever noticed that then like the next year, everyone breaks everyone that record, did. you know, it, exactly. like, yeah. it just takes one other person to do it. And I know in my own life, I didn't know that there was full-time RVers. I didn't know that was the thing. I just thought, hey, this is what I can do to kind of figure out where I want to live in Texas is just drive an RV around Texas. And then once right. I found out other people did it, there was that moment where it was like, oh, this idea is not that crazy. And it does right. definitely help. So I can see how that makes total sense that if you don't see a community of people taking their family on the road, it can make you feel like you know, we're crazy. No one's going to understand this. Our family's not going to be able to respect it and understand it. But now that so many people are doing it, it, it does. Right. It, yeah. You know, there's a whole community out there, full time family. And that. That's definitely what we ran into the first time around, because 10 years ago, it wasn't as popular. And not only that, but we went from South Carolina to Alaska. So I think that our family was kind of like, OK, what are they getting into? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this time around, they were very supportive and understanding, I think. Oh, no, no doubt. Well, let's let's transfer into work a little. So you're doing AC and now you're full time. And what are you guys doing for work on the road? Uh, as of now, for work on the road, we are. well. Blair is the one that does our any social media and we have a small store online where we sell shirts. You know, we have small ways we're trying to make some income. Um, a lot of it would be a lot of it is, which is what we did in the beginning with Alaska was, was work camping. And so we plan to this coming summer, we plan to get a job, hopefully in Montana somewhere we have something lined up to go to go work camp. I would say in the beginning, it is definitely we, the years leading to two years leading up to this time that we full-time did it was a lot of saving, a lot of scrimping, a lot of, selling what we didn't need and working on the house. You know, we, we saved it the best we could to get going. And now we we're kind of making sure we can keep it going by work camping and finding small ways to, mm-hmm. to make money any way we can to keep the lifestyle going. Yeah. We have, um, we have a YouTube channel and we're trying to grow that. Also um, we're getting into blogging and I have a background in journalism. So I'm hoping to start freelancing a little bit from the road. And also we've talked about the possibility of like, you know, buying some land and having a home base so that we can go there in the off season, maybe work a little bit and then get back on the road because we really, we budgeted for about a year and now we realize that we really want to do this long-term. Yeah. Anything we can do basically this, it's me coming from a background of maintenance and, and AC work and 
it's it's always it's always a good look on it on a, on a resume you know to work camp i can always i usually always have something to do in the campground if we want to get a job and mm-hmm. she a lot of times will work the front desk so we we do whatever we can doesn't take much you know once you're in the camper to, to keep it going yeah, you know, one of the people that I've met on the road owns the NRBTA, so the National RV Training Association. And right. I really thought that was people that like literally what they want to do is they want to learn how to create a career to be able to repair other people's rigs, being RV tech. And I was surprised to find right. out that a big portion of their class is people that just want to maintain their own rig, you know, mm-hmm. and just learn how to do it. And I thought, well, that's really cool too. And then a lot of the people that as they're learning it for themselves decide, you know what, I should just get licensed and insured and do it as income. Cause I, I gotta be honest, right. the times where I've gotten a, like an RV tech, I would literally see the van in the campground and like run up and be like, Hey, I don't know what your schedule is like this week, but I got a couple of <laughs> issues. It's like, it's easy money that even the guy told me, right. he's like, yeah, once I'm in a campground, I can fill up my whole week, you know, just that kind yeah. of stuff. But I don't have that skill set. And you already, you know, if you're already working on ACs, which is a big issue for RVs, you're already way ahead of the curve and that kind of stuff for sure. Definitely. And I've, I've worked on a few, mine included, a few people's ACs on their RV. And that is, that's one we'd like to incorporate, which is, you know, doing that as we travel around, because you're right. That's uh, it's hard to find someone that you can afford to fix an RV. Mm-hmm. Now has a... Uh, what we're dealing with right now currently with COVID and stuff, is that hurt your guys's kind of like work camping situation or is it not been an issue? No, I wouldn't say it's been an issue. It is. It, we like, we love meeting people and talking to people, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. the same issue I guess everyone is having, which is <laughs> half of what we love about camping is meeting full-time families and hearing stories and, right. you know, talking to people like you and it's, it's a little more difficult. That's a little more difficult. But. Right. Other than that, it hasn't, I wouldn't say it's easier in this lifestyle, I, I would yeah. say, to live, to deal with it. We, I mean, we don't, we don't like large crowds or, you know, busy campgrounds anyway. We'd rather be in nature boondocking or, you know, in a national forest somewhere. So it's actually been really nice traveling at this time for us. But yeah, I definitely agree with, with Charles that we like, we're social people and we like to meet people at the same time. So yeah, I but that's an issue everyone's dealing with. Yeah, without a doubt. I just didn't know if like you guys dealt with like cancellations of jobs that you had lined up or anything of that nature early on. No, oh, no, oh, no. no. We're, not, we're not currently work camping at this time. We are planning to hopefully do that next summer. Yeah, and and speaking to them, before. they're busier than they were before. A lot of the campgrounds we've been in seem mm-hmm. to be busier because people are looking for somewhere to get out and get away. Mm-hmm. So if anything, we've we've had more job offer. You know, we've had people reaching out saying that they're getting super busy this season. They need extra help. Right. Gotcha. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there is. I've seen a little bit of the conversation going. I haven't noticed it myself. I mean, I've been in the Michigan, Indiana kind of area. I haven't seen campgrounds mm-hmm. getting overly packed. I mean, we are right. getting back to school right now. Indiana is open for school. So it's a little different than, you know, depending where you are. And that's what's interesting. Right. Too. It's just right. really different where you are. So and that's what's great about this lifestyle. Exactly. If you happen to be in the state that's super crowded and campgrounds are full, just get on, start asking questions, find <laughs> out where it's like and then move. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yep. It's really cool. Let's back up into travel a little really quick. I know we were talking about work, but what is kind of the ideal travel schedule for you guys? Do you have one? I know you said you were, you know, planning to do a year now longer. Was there any kind of like, and I I don't want to call them funky, but it is, you know, I have a funky goal of, you know, being in all 48 states. I know some people have national parks, state parks, things like that. Was there any kind of theme to your idea of travel? One of our main goals was to get back out to Wyoming and Montana. When we initially traveled 10 years ago, we drove through those states and 
due to some other complications, we weren't able to stay and explore as long as we wanted to. So I'm sad that it took us 10 years to get back out there, but that was one of our main goals for this time around. And we actually did that this summer. So it was amazing. And we actually really want to go back next summer. So um, I would say that was one of our goals, but I think, I think it's definitely changed for us and we've kind of um, created new goals along the way. I think we realized like when we started, we didn't know boondocking was even safe or possible. And now it's like one of our main goals is to try to find um, free camping, um, national forest campsites, you know, just like not just to save money, but also just to be more in nature and be able to explore more on our own terms. No, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think a lot of people look at boondocking as a way to save money. And I think it's just a completely different experience. But then on top of it, yes, you are saving money. I always make kind of the joke, but I love state parks Sunday afternoon to Thursday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and just, yes. you know, it bounces early exactly. as you can before there and then let the weekenders have it for the weekend and go find a boondocking spot. Have you guys exactly. done any of the, you know, harvest hosts or boondockers welcome? Have you done any of those memberships? We have. We have Harvest Toast and we we really enjoy using Harvest Toast. We meet yeah. a lot of a lot of cool people, a lot of cool spaces. We haven't done Boondockers Welcome. We have a few a few places we use online as maps we use to find free most a lot of is national forest land or USF. You know, there's a lot of different ones, but uh yeah, we, we do everything we can. I'd say we use every every available asset to find if boondocking sites. With a do you guys have solar or do you guys run generator? How are you guys doing no, boondocking? We, Solar is uh, is the next thing on our list. One of the next things on our list to add. We we have a generator built in. We try not to use it. You know, we 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 boondock. We try to do it. We have a water pump and a, and a tank, and we we try to do it with the least amount of generator we can use. Mm-hmm. That we we try to make it a total boondocking if we can, you know like tent camping. Right, right. And you guys are a twenty two foot basically motorhome, correct? Correct. Right. Yeah. Correct. Are you guys pulling a vehicle behind a little toad? Claire drives that. Yeah, I actually drive it just for the seat belt or seat safety for Sadie. I just felt better about having her in the car. Oh, I got you. So you guys just follow yeah. behind. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not an issue there. I, well, you know, it's funny. I did interview guests at one time. They were, they were a class A and they were, they had a toad and they weren't attached at the time. And the campground mm-hmm. wanted to charge them as two separate vehicles because it wasn't Ugh. attached. And they literally had to turn around <laughs> and go out because it was like 10 bucks a day. And they were going to be there for like a week and it, or two weeks. And yes. it's like, I'm not paying 140 bucks. And so they literally had to go out and reattach the vehicle. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting. We ran into that in Wyoming. Yeah. Actually. I don't, I don't want to get started on how, how, how upset we got, but uh, that's one rule that we run around a lot of campgrounds and we talk to a lot of people, just like you mentioned, it, it seems like a rule that a lot of people don't like. <laughs> I get the point of the rule. I totally understand what they're trying to get there, but it, we've had a few we've showed up and I said, we usually tow it, but now she drives it and they would not let us in that park unless it was tied up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, again, I get the rule is basically to stop multiple vehicles coming in, right. you know, and it's like, yeah. if, if you can have a vehicle and one, then it shouldn't matter what your plus one is if it's driving yeah. in or, exactly. you know, it yeah, is we went through, we went through one and it ended up being uh 25 extra dollars a night for an extra vehicle. That's insane. And, uh, and I said, man, I understand. I've had some little fees that we paid here, there, five, you know, an extra one. And I'm okay with that. But I said, that's crazy. I said, I can back up and tie it up and I'll be fine. And she said, yeah, I had to back up 20 feet and tie it up and pull it through. And then, and then he saved you 25 bucks a night. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I was at a, I can't remember the campground. It was in Arizona. 
where once we were in the campground, there was no cost besides the camp fees. But if you left and you wanted to come back, you had to buy another day pass. And I was like, yeah, I was like, well, then we'll never leave. We'll just stay here. Why am I going to buy a day pass for every day like that? How can that not be included in the campground? I think there was some in Michigan, too, where I ended up buying like an annual pass because it was technically even cheaper. And I was like, I'm not going to come back during the year. Like, who can I give this to? Like, I literally was trying to find someone I could give the pass to. You know, it was so I 100% agree. That's that, that is one of the, our pet peeves. We meet on the road a lot. It, we run into that a lot, which is, I guess, everyone does, not just us. Yeah, I should almost do like a, a bonus podcast where all I do is talk about the weird rules that you'll find, it's, whether it's state parks <laughs> the or campgrounds. The, the that would be a good podcast. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, that'd be a good one. And then even the, like, honestly, the one that's, you know, kind of hurt me in a way that hasn't really been you know, like where they've been sticklers about it, but I see the postings, like especially thousand trails where it says, you know, there's a $10 per package, like delivery fee. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't control sometimes if Amazon, if I'm buying it, just puts it all in one box. One. Right. And two is what if yeah, I'm buying right. something for $5? I now got to yeah. pay $10 for you to, you know, hand it to me. So I've literally been that guy that's like sitting in the parking lot waiting for the FedEx truck. And I'm just, <laughs> I just grab it from him directly and be yeah. like, good luck charging me for that one. Yeah. There's some weird rules they get you with. That's for sure. Without a doubt. So when you guys aren't traveling and you're not, you know, like host camping or work camping, what are you guys doing for exploring? Where is your kind of like fun zone? What do you guys like doing? It's cliche to say, but we just like to go hiking. (laughs) Um, We, uh, when we were in Montana, we were there for two weeks in a campground. So I guess we were stationary for two weeks and we found so much to do. We, um, we hiked to two Alpine lakes. We found a great bookstore not far away, just anything outdoors or, or bookstore that we could find really is, is what we do. Um, especially now with so many restrictions, like we initially wanted to do like museums and children's, you know, activities and things like that. But it's just been a lot better to just stay in nature, I think, this summer. So that's really what we try to do. Fishing, hiking, stuff like that. Gotcha. You know, I was just going through yeah. your notes, too. I'm noticing just because, you know, I mean, I think I talked about this on a podcast or ago that I went plant based and it says that you guys are almost 100% plant-based, but you said in our motor home, which I thought was interesting because I used to do this thing where I was trying to go sugar-free. And then I just said, you know what, we're not going to have any sugar in the rig. Like if you're out Mm -hmm. and about and, you know, I get an ice cream, then that's okay. I'm just not going to have the temptation sitting in the rig all the time. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know if that was just a, like a a typo or if that's like legitimately how we're staying hundred percent, almost hundred percent is that it's hundred percent while we're in the motor home. But if we're out and about, we can go ahead and break the rules. Is that what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we started um, eating plant-based when we moved into the camper. And the main reason was I didn't want to bring meat into the camper and have it go bad and then us get sick. And um, I just thought that was risky. So I was like, okay, we're just going to be totally plant-based in the camper. But I think, I mean, we've been doing it since January and I mean, we feel great. I think that kind of like a byproduct of doing that has been like, our health has improved and we have a lot more energy. And um, so now for me, like we don't do it because of health reasons, but if there is dairy in something or if there's eggs in something, we don't say, oh, you can't have that, but we don't like buy those things to make for ourselves. And we feel a lot better, honestly. I think <laughs> I'm speaking for myself. Maybe Charles feels different. No, no, I feel, no, I, I love it. I, I agree with you. I agree with the, not having it in the in the motorhome is what helps me with the diet. 
Because if I don't have it, you know, am I out in the middle of nowhere in a state park and you don't have what you want, then, then it's easier to say, oh, well, I just can't have it today. Right, right. I think it is kind of funny, though. A guy that goes by the name Hunter is plant based. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is very true. But I, we do the best we can. We're not sticklers. We do the best we can. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to go about it. I mean, uh, you know, my daughter was probably the first, my oldest daughter was probably the first kind of like vegan in the family. And, mm-hmm. but I still see her breaking the rules every once in a while. So it's just, you know, it's just a better way of going about it. I thought it would be really hard for me. I was such a meat eater and I was kind of a, yeah. a fast food junkie, which I've been, me you know, since, yeah, since being on the road, I've done a pretty good job getting rid of the fast food, but I too wanted to try something else just because I, you know, I had gotten down that rabbit hole of documentaries and saw stuff and thought, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) But what I will say is as I'm meeting more RVers that are plant-based and I have conversations, you know, it's not just the documentaries that kind of talk about, you know, how much corn it takes to feed our cattle and all that stuff. But when you're out driving around and you just see all these cornfields and you know, Mm -hmm. the vast majority of these cornfields are just to feed the cows it is kind of funny where it's like, I'm seeing the reality that I'm, you know, being told in these documentaries. It's actually really true because they're just everywhere. And then I'll talk to farmers sometimes. They're like, no, no, those aren't edible for humans. That's just all for, you know, cattle feed. And I'm just like, it's incredible. So I'm um, I'm glad you brought that up because we feel the same way. We, we got into it. And then early on, we went through uh, some Arkansas and Oklahoma out there. Yeah. There was a lot of corn and a lot of, uh, you're right. It makes it easy when you drive by and you see, you know, thousands of cows lined up in those things in, you know, on the side of the interstate and all the corn. And it's like, man, I'm, I, I'm glad I don't contribute to that as much as I used to. Yeah. Without a doubt. And then I also, you know, we've had situations now where, you know, we're in a rural kind of farm area and we'll ask like, Hey, where's like a farmer's market. You would think they'd be readily available and they're not yeah. because yeah, all they're, they're farming not. is corn and soy. And I've had conversations exactly. where people have said, we used to have 80 farmers in this area. And now there's two and all they're growing is corn and soy. And I'd be like, oh, this is crazy. But it has been, I'm, I'm telling anyone, if I can do, I think I'm on week seven or something of plant-based, I think anybody can do it. And it, yep. it is, it is, there's a lot of really great benefits from it. So I highly recommend it. I just saw it in the notes and I definitely, because I think two, two episodes ago, I had someone that had like a, a plant-based cooking show on the show. And then that's oh, when that's it came neat. out. It was probably the first time I've talked about it. I, I know one of those things you never have to guess is if someone's plant-based because they're always talking about it. If they, <laughs> if, if they do CrossFit because they're always talking about it oh, or, if, yeah. or if they've read a book that's now a movie, they will let you yeah. know those three things. Those are, <laughs> but I've been, I've been very that quiet. So true. <laughs> I've been very quiet about my plant base. And so I saw that. I'm a hundred percent with you there. I'm a hundred percent. I said, if we do this, I'm not going to be the one that goes out and tells people. I'm about guilty. It. I tell. <laughs> I mean, I do when I'm having conversations, I like to, to say it and right. if I'm having meetings. I mean, I did break down a couple of weeks ago. I went out to dinner with a friend and we were at a sushi spot and I had some sushi, but I, you know, I didn't walk away feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, I've been sober yeah. 23 years. I don't have those moments in my sobriety where I'm like, yeah, yeah tonight I'll take a couple of shots. It's okay. <laughs> you know, it's a little different than you right. know, just trying to eat healthier and better for sure. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And I did notice in the notes too, that Hunter, it sounds like you have a brother that is working to become full-time as well. And he's going the schooly route. Yeah, yeah, I do. We, we actually, uh, it's funny you brought that up. We're heading, we're going to go back there soon to do a little work on our camper. At my, we're at one brother's house now and we're heading to the next brother's house in not too far future to go do a little work on mine and park it right beside his. Uh, I wish I could tell you much more about it. I, I know it's a big boss. I don't know. We, we I've never gotten into that uh, 
you see a lot of schoolies, you see a lot of bus people on Instagram, and I don't know all their rigs, but he's got a big one. He's got a big one. He's cutting and raising, and he's working on it. The raising part's interesting. I'm almost six foot seven. So a normal school. Oh my goodness. Yeah. wouldn't do very well for me, but the ones that do get cut and raised, I do look at those and think I might be able to do that. I have heard yeah. that there are campgrounds that say no to schoolies. And then when I start mm-hmm. thinking about, it, I haven't seen a lot of schoolies in campgrounds, but I don't know if that's because kind of the genre around a schoolie is not to go to a campground either. It could be one of those kind of things too. Yeah. He told me he, I'm, I'm with you. I never, realize that until I noticed I didn't see him. And he told me that when we were talking about it, he said that a lot of them, they're going to have to find out where to go. Cause a lot of campgrounds don't let school buses, don't let schoolies up in there. Yeah. I think technically, cause it's not insured. I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think it's not insured like an RV. That's what he That's exactly what he told me. He said it's something to do with insurance. That's, that's what he told me it was. Yeah. And then some of these rigs that I do see in campgrounds, I'm like, I don't even know how this thing got in here. It's never going to be able to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's trying. I'm, I'm excited to see his, him and his wife want to do it. She's a school teacher. So she's hoping to move online and they're, uh, they're hoping to, yeah, hopefully we can do a little bit together coming up soon if they get it finished up. That's very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about the content you guys are creating. Let's talk about your channel and what you guys are doing and what you're focused on. Um, I'm always interested in when people are creating content in and around the lifestyle. Yeah. So we have an Instagram account and we have been doing our YouTube for a couple months, I would say just over the summer. But that's been really fun. And our thinking for that was a lot of people do the informative how-to videos. And I just didn't feel comfortable doing those until I felt more like an expert at what we're doing. So I didn't want to be misleading or anything. So our YouTube videos are, I would say, more from an entertainment point of view. But we still try to provide a lot of information about where we are. And also, we have a lot of family back home and in other states that we just wanted to share our journey with them. That's very cool. I always talk yeah. about on this show that if, you're, if your motive is to really just be able to connect with family and friends or, you know, like a history of kind of your travels. I know you mentioned in the notes that you definitely wish you were documenting when you did it 10 years ago and had that kind of footage yes. and stuff. And, and I think about it from like... I don't even have grandkids. And I think about it from a grandkid standpoint, I would love to be looking at video of my grandma and grandpa and just the stuff they did and traveled. So that's always yeah. a yeah. great motivation. But what I'm also seeing too, and you guys can kind of tell me what you think is that once people start creating content about the lifestyle, so now they're, they're first, they're just living the lifestyle. Now they're creating content with the lifestyle. And at some point that could transfer to a job to create the content about the lifestyle. And what I see Mm -hmm. is people get really burnt out. I feel like the people that I see leaving the lifestyle are the ones creating content because it's like they almost don't Mm -hmm. get a break. This is our life. This is our work. We're constantly out there. Are you guys noticing that? Are you guys putting like safeguards in the place to make sure that doesn't become the focal where now all we're doing is creating content to be able to continue to create content, to be able to make money, to (laughs) (laughs) get stuck in a circle. Yeah. It is a lot of work. I totally feel for those people who that's their job. Not to say that I wouldn't love that opportunity at some point, but yes, even just doing the short, like entertaining videos that we do and trying to keep up with our Instagram and also trying to write campground reviews and blog posts. Like, yes, it is a lot of work. And we homeschool our daughter. So it is like we have to keep a very strict schedule on our day just to fit all the things in. So yeah, I totally agree. 
And I want to applaud you for not jumping into the expert realm without the experience. I feel like <laughs> I, I think yeah. we do see a lot of that. I mean, even myself in 2016, I don't know if people really know the story. I, I, I'm a magazine guy. I've published magazines in the past. I went to go look for like a full-time RVers magazine. There was none. I didn't immediately say to myself, I mean, maybe I did, but then I was also, I had that moment where it's like, I can't start a magazine and I haven't even done the life yet. Even mm, though it, right. it, it's not the Damien magazine, I'm just interviewing other people. But even I went through 16, 17, 18, and then around the middle of 19 is when I said, okay, I'm going to start this magazine. Now that I have a couple years understanding it, because you can, there are times where I am watching content and I know that they're doing the content just for the SEO. They don't have mm -hmm. the experience or it's like, I feel like they just watched someone else's video and regurgitated it. And there's, there's, that's not needed. You, your niche little story, that's what's needed. And so I'm just, you know, I, it's weird to use the word proud, but I'm proud you guys are creating content that way. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's it definitely what you mentioned is definitely um, what we, when we started, we didn't want to get into when we started well, I, speaking for Claire, she does most of the content, but we do know and have met online and in person some people that, that do this lifestyle. And we did it a lot to let people know what we do and to enjoy it. And to connect with each other. And it seems like some people we know that get over, they talk about the hours they work on creating content. It seems like they're working more hours than they were, you know, That's before right. they even moved into this lifestyle and they're, and they're burnout. They don't spend as much time with their family. And we definitely don't want to get that to that point because we did it to spend time together and enjoy, enjoy right. the country. And one of our goals for our content is to try to remain as authentic as possible. I don't want you to like, something or watch a video online and then meet us and be like, well, that's not really what I was expecting. You know, like kind of what you see is, is really what you get. It's who we are. It's really, really powerful. I've actually met some speakers in a different realm that I worked in and I would consume their content and then I'd meet them in person and I'd be like, who's this character? <laughs> the, you know, which one's the real one? Is the character on YouTube yeah. the real person or is this person I'm sitting down talking to? And it was really difficult. It really became like a, no, just be yourself and, you know, have fun exactly. with it. Exactly. Because that's one of the things I really yeah. talk about in the podcast a lot is that it sounds terrible that, you know, living this lifestyle is very special, but you're not special because of this lifestyle. You're special just because of you, who you are. If you lived in a bricks and sticks, he'd still be special too. And I think there's a yeah. lot of people that think, hey, we're going to go full time, we're going to get a camera. And we're going to do really well. Well, if you're an a-hole, you know, in a bricks and sticks, <laughs> and just because you buy a camera and get into an RV, it doesn't, you know, immediately where people are going to be like, oh my gosh, this is great. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I think it is really cool when you're creating content that the family and friends can stay connected. And then once you start, you know, obviously you just get the strangers that get in the mix. And when people can relate to who you are, and we've talked about this earlier in the show that, you know, when people can't see their representation doing something, when they can't see families traveling and homeschooling, they mm -hmm. a lot of times don't want to make the leap. But then when they can start seeing, hey, look, they have a first grader, they're doing it. They're doing yeah, it right. in a really small rig. You know, I didn't think it was possible to do it in a small rig. Your niche is really interesting. And I think people think, you know, oh, what we do is not that interesting. It really can inspire someone to go do it. It's amazing. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's encouraging. Yeah. Without if, we, if we can inspire one person, that's encouraging. Oh, without it, I bet you've already done that. So now you got to, you got to up the number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do a shot. <laughs> so let's, um, let's do this thing that I like to call the high and low. Let's talk about a low and then we'll end with a high. So what's been a low kind of on the road that maybe you didn't expect, even though you've had experience and did kind of the full-time thing before, has there been a low that you just didn't see coming? 
Me, I'll, I mean, I can tell you my low for I know. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously there's there's ups and downs every day. Uh, one of my lows, and it is, I don't know if I call it so much a low. It's uh, you, you want to get out of the rat race and you want to live this way and still put work into your own life. You know, a lot of what I think, and it, and it could have to do with with the with the COVID and not being able to talk to people as much. But you, you, one of the lows is you is you if if you enjoy your job as far as meeting people and talking to people every day. When you get in the camper, it, it can get it can get not lonely. Even though you're on top of your family members, you need to be ready to figure something out to do when you get down because you haven't talked to someone. You know your own age, your own your own peer group, people that you, you don't feel motivated to get up because you don't have that job pushing you every day. Even though you might not love that job, it gave you something to feel accomplished. And if you don't keep busy and keep busy working doing something, a lot of times you know. Not that I'm trying to say I sit around feeling low all the time, but that to me is one of the lows is you kind of sit around thinking, man, this is this lifestyle is not leading anywhere. I'm not putting in the effort, and you know you just got to get up and get moving and, and get over it. But that to me is one of, one of my lows that doesn't happen often, but every now and then. No, I mean that's I feel like you know for me I you know I, I grew up and lived in Los Angeles, so being around people was easy. You know you almost really looked for your space. Where now right. there are moments where I almost catch myself where I'm like that dog. It's like inside and I'm like, Oh, look, there's someone outside. I got to go outside and talk to him. You know what I mean? Like it's been a while. I, and exactly. I totally see what you're saying. Cause you know, we're used to having all this interaction and even yeah. outside of COVID there's not nearly as much interaction, especially when you're, you know, I don't know how many calls you did a day in AC business where you did three, four five homes a day or something. There's a lot right. of interaction that you're not having now. And sometimes people don't expect that. And that really can feel like loneliness. I mean, that's the best way to describe yeah. it. Cause you're just not, you know, I think one of the things that I was lucky is I was an only child for, you know, well, obviously, you know, the 18 years later with my parents. So there are things that I do alone that people, I used to see movies alone. You know, I, oh, yeah. I could eat alone and all my friends are like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, it's totally <laughs> okay for me, but I see how that could be a good low. Uh, Claire, yeah. how about you? No, I agree. I totally agree with that. I would say this has been a really good summer for us. So, I mean, I feel kind of bad saying that because I know it hasn't been a great summer for a lot of people. But no, I haven't had, I really haven't had like a low this summer. I would say maybe we, we caved and went to a specific park that we, we kind of from the beginning said we didn't want to do like touristy crowded spaces. And we, uh, we caved and did it against our better judgment. And I think that was probably a low for me, but if I say where we went, it's not going to sound like a low. So, (laughs) but yeah, I don't know. It's been a good summer. I don't, I don't think I have a low with camping life yet. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, I do appreciate you saying, oh, I I'm having, I talk about it where business is really good for rootless living. I mean, we're getting Mm -hmm. a ton of subscribers, you know, advertisers are coming on board because people are looking for this lifestyle. And I do feel bad where it's like when people, when my friends are talking, they're like, how's business? I'm like, man, it's really growing. And they're like, yeah, yeah. We just got laid off. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, okay, well, exactly. Yeah. And, but that's, there's those ebb and flows in everything too. But I do appreciate you guys like stopping and saying, cause I do the same thing. I know this isn't for everyone. Not everyone's having a great summer. Not everyone's doing really well right now, but there are different segments. And I just hope to use it as an encouragement that, that this lifestyle can be different in that way. There are opportunities to be able to to do things. I do like that you guys are transparent in, you know, the crowded places. I think there's times (laughs) when I tell someone I've been in a, you know, like, like I'm right now in Indiana and they're like, have you been to South Bend? I'm like, yeah, it's a little crowded for me in a way. I'm I'm enjoying Elkhart and they don't get that. They're like, you know, if you're in Illinois and they're like, well, did you go to Chicago? 
eh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. That happens. That happens every state we go through and talk to people. When you talk to people that vacation on the weekends, you know, that's what you do. You go to the the popular spot and every time people talk to us, I'm like, no, we stayed away from there. And they're like, what? You didn't go see that? It's it's hard to explain, but Mm -hmm. we try to stay away from this this one place. (laughs) I like how with uh, full timers, too, when I'm talking to other full timers and I'm like, I'm going to be in this spot. They never mention the big crowded stuff. They always mention the little hole in the wall or some town that they'll Mm -hmm. say you know, we got lost on the roadmap and it took us down this place and we found this amazing, yeah. like that's the kind of stuff I'm interested in hearing about, those but it usually the, follows uh, with, please don't tell people. Yeah. Which is funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Those are definitely the best places. You find a lot cooler places when you get off the beaten track. Without a doubt. Well, let's talk about your highs. What have been some of the, the highs on the road that maybe you didn't expect or those, I can't believe this is our life kind of moments. Oh man, that was for me, that was visiting the, uh, the Alpine lakes in Montana this year. Um, I I could not even imagine such a beautiful place. And when we walked up, we I mean, it was like a really long, steep drive up this mountain. We weren't even sure at times that we would make it up there. And when we finally got up there, it was just like mind blowingly beautiful. And for me, that was like one of those moments where I was just like, I can't believe that this is my life right now. And also, uh, one of the highs for living in this camper for me is the productivity. We, like I said earlier, we live by like a very tight daily schedule. So the things that I'm like getting done in a day are so much greater than when I lived in a house and was just, you know, staying home with Sadie and, and doing that kind of thing. So now like, I feel like I'm super productive. I'm on top of the game. Like I, I am very happy in this lifestyle. That's awesome. And I think if anyone's listening, this is something I try to time in. I mean, I know you're not currently working for someone, but I feel like that is kind of what happens to people when they're employees and they hit the road. I feel like they become so much more productive because of the things that are in our life, the the driving to and from, whether it's schools or to and from work or just all these things that we do, you know, negotiating birthday parties we have to go to and afternoon events and sports with the kids, all these things that just weigh you down, the cleaning of the house, all the yard work, you know, like that kind of stuff that we don't have to do. And and what's funny in this lifestyle is if someone's like, Hey, uh, you know, would you mind helping me, you know, mow my lawn? I would do it in a heartbeat. Like I miss it now. You know what I mean? It's been three years before I dreaded it. I hated it. I just, I I just want to hire someone. It's now, so funny you say that because I'm sorry. No, no, please. Cut you off. no, no, please. Um, we're staying with Hunter's brother and his family. And like last night we, we made dinner in their kitchen. And then, you know, the, the night before we washed the dishes and like, it just felt so like nice to be in a full size kitchen and like not have to worry about the space or the water. You know what I mean? Yep. No, I totally I'm, I'm in a, a hotel right now and getting some work done on the rig and I'm just, really loving it. Like it's not, you know, I'm not in like a six bedroom Vegas suite or anything like that, but it's still, it's a shower that's twice the size of my shower. That's probably all it is, but I'm super excited. So where can people find you guys? I want to make sure, you know, let everyone know where where the channel is, where Instagram is. I'll link it all down below. So no one has to write it down that's listening, but go ahead and let people know where they can find you. Okay. Um, our website is to the woods travel.com and our Instagram is to the woods travel. And we are also on YouTube. You can find that, you know, on our website and from our Instagram. And we are on Facebook, although we don't use Facebook as often. I think almost all of us are starting to use Facebook less often. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a huge Facebook fan. Yeah. I will. November 4th, I'll get back on it. 
<laughs> yeah, <they're>... <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, I will make sure all that's linked down below. And, you know, you guys, if you have any kind of questions or in and about this lifestyle, especially, you know, being in a 22 foot rig, which a lot of people, you know, maybe would think that's just way too small, you know, for husband, wife and a kid to be in and live in the life, reach out to them, ask questions. And I can guarantee they'd love to interact with you and help you guys out. Well, I appreciate you both being on the show. Thanks so much for taking the time and come and share your story with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. you. It's great to be with you. You bet. Take care. Well, another fun episode. And again, a big thank you to Charles, Hunter, and Claire for coming on the show and giving us an insider's look at what it took for them to go full-time no band and getting pretty transparent about the transition to going full-time again. Feel free to reach out to them or follow them and their adventures in the links in the show notes. Also, just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the Rootless Living podcast or the magazine, make sure to let your friends and family know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It's a really big help in getting the word out and use the hashtag Rootless Living and we'll share it as well. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. And let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.